Hey friends, welcome to this special little bonus edition of Halfway There. This is a snippet of a conversation that I had with one of my uh, favorite people, Keith Giles. Keith is definitely a guy who will challenge your ideas. He will make you think differently uh, or at least consider some new ideas, um, which I always think is healthy. Now, here's the thing about this conversation. It's just a little snippet. This is about 15 minutes of of the conversation that I had with him. If you want to listen to it all, you can do that. Uh, just by becoming a Patreon supporter. You can go to the show notes at halfwaytherepodcast.com or hit halfwaytherepodcast.com and hit that support button. It'll take you over to Patreon or just search Halfway There in Patreon. I think you can find it that way. And uh, you can simply become a supporter. $5 a month, you get these extra conversations. You can hear the rest. We go for an hour, uh, so like 61 minutes it looks like. Um, and you can hear all the rest of it. We share some really good stuff. Um, or if you just want to get Keith's book, you can do that again at the show notes or at Amazon. This one's called Jesus Unbound, all about the Bible. Uh, so without further ado, let me give you uh, just this little snippet of Keith. Here you go. Keith, uh, welcome to this. This is uh, I'm doing these series of bonus halfway there episodes that uh that are we're doing so to bring people like you back you were on the show a long time ago now i think your episode ran um on the week of the inauguration of donald trump if i recall so 2017 i'm your host eric nevins thanks guys for listening keith welcome to back to halfway there well thank you eric for having me back i'm honored to be asked to come back and continue a conversation so thanks so much yeah, absolutely. Well, I love uh, your work. I love uh, what you're doing. You're writing this series of books uh, that's all about Jesus. And so we talked before about Jesus Untangled, which I have to tell you has really changed my view of politics or kind of kind of pushed me over a ledge I was already peering over. So um, that, was, that was fantastic. I recommend it all the time. We're going to talk a lot today about Jesus Unbound, which is about the Bible. And, uh, and Christ and kind of the relationship there. Maybe answer the question, what is the Bible for? I hope that we, get, we can get to that. Um, and then you're, I think I've seen you say that you're working on some others or maybe you're repackaging previous work to, to go along with the series. Yeah, yes to both of those. Um, so uh, my next book will be out, I think we're talking about maybe April. Um, and that is a sort of a re-release and sort of um, updated material. So I wrote a book about nine years ago called This Is My Body, Ecclesia as God Intended, which is more about organic church, New Testament, sort of house church stuff, which I've been doing for about 11 years. And um, so I'm re-releasing that book under a new title. We're going to call it Jesus Unveiled to kind of go in the series I've been doing. Uh, My friend Richard Jacobson, uh, who wrote the book Unchurching, wrote the forward to the new edition. And I added like about another 45, 50 pages of material that also deals a lot with um, not only how to do this, because I think this is sort of a missing component to house church. Uh, There's a lot of great books about sort of how and I mean, not how, but why house church, Um, but not a lot on like, well, how do I actually practically do this thing? How would I want to, how can I pull this off in my living room? So I, um, I added that to the end of the book and that should be out in April, but I'm also working on a new book. Um, which I'm hopefully, hopefully it'll be done in time to publish later in the year, like maybe in the fall uh, of this year. And that will be Jesus Undefeated. And that's going to be a look at um, the early Christian church's view of 
the afterlife, which was uh, which mainly was patristic universalism. So that'll be fun. Yeah, that's challenging. That's interesting for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm excited about that. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Well, I think that's, I, so that's what I like about you is that you challenge me to think differently than the normal evangelical stuff that I got both growing up and in my education. So I went to really good solid evangelical school. So I've got a lot of that, mm-hmm. uh, but I like stepping outside of, of those ideas and, uh, and going back. So I appreciate it. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit well, let's just dive in, I guess, to yeah. use Unbound. Let's do that. So tell us a little bit about kind of what the, the whole premise of the book is, and then we'll, we'll dig in from there. Right. So, um, yeah, the book, the title of the book is Jesus Unbound, Liberating the Word of God from the Bible. So even right there, the subtitle for a lot of people is, is kind of a, a shocker or, a, or like a head scratcher. What do you mean liberating the Word of God from the Bible? Well, because the premise of what I'm saying is that um, the Word of God is a person. The Word of God became flesh, dwelt among us, now dwells within us, um, and has promised never to leave us or forsake us. And, uh, you know, if we abide with him, he abides with us. So the Word of God is uh, a person, and it's it's Christ. And um, the Word of God is living. And it's not just a book that we wrote and put together and canonized, you know, a few thousand years ago. Um so, and then the reason why I felt it was important to write a whole book to clarify that point um, is that um, I, what I've run into a lot, in fact, what's funny is just this morning, right before we did this interview uh, on my Facebook group, uh, Facebook page, I, I, sh- I shared a meme that one of my friends on Facebook also shared. Um, and it's actually a, a page of a calendar, like one of those daily devotional calendars, you know, and um, it's today's date. And it's actually, I think, a quote from Billy Graham. And it's all about how we need to have a relationship with the Bible and the Bible will fill these empty parts of your life and your soul. And that you should go to the Bible and the Bible will guide you in your life and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, it's no, that's not what happens. (laughs) Jesus does that, right? Jesus does all of those things. Now, maybe by reading the Bible, you might... um, the, the spirit of God might speak to you through something that you read. And then yes, the, the God might do that, you know, maybe using the mechanism of the scripture, but very, very simply it's this here. Here's the premise of the book. Sorry, I'm getting, taking a long time to get to the point. No, you're good. You're doing- <laughs> the, the premise of the book is that the Bible, if we're going to follow the Bible, right, if we're going to read the Bible. We're going to say we, we, the, the Bible matters. And I would I would agree with that. It's an important thing. And we do need to read it. I read it all the time. I love the Bible. But if we're going to be students of the Bible and we're going to we're going to read the Bible, let's follow what the Bible says, because the Bible never points us back to the Bible. The Bible always points us to Christ. And this is why quotes like the one I just mentioned bother me, because what we have is uh, instead of pointing us to Christ, we are pointing people to the Bible and stopping there. Like it's all about the Bible. This book will change your life. This book will do this. this. This book will do that. No, I don't think it really will. It's just a book. And it's a book that we wrote, to be honest, about God. Um, but the point of it is to point us to Christ. My friend Matthew DiStefano, um, who's also a really great author, uh, he, has, he uses the illustration. I have to credit him because I stole this, to- I totally stole this from him. But it's a great analogy. He says the Bible is like a, is like a, a menu. 
And um, it's telling us, it's showing us all these amazing, you know, things we can experience. Like, wow, look at that. Oh, that looks amazing. Oh, that's, I want to try that. Um, but, but if we just read the menu and close it up and we never actually experience, you know, what's pictured there for us in, the, in this Bible, which is a connection with an actual being, the creator of the universe, that we can actually know Christ in a deeply intimate way. If we don't go to that part, if we don't actually experience a day-to-day abiding with Christ, we miss the entire point. Right. Yeah. With a menu, you have to say yes to something. Yeah. You got to order something and then you got to eat it when it comes, right? <laughs> and then you're like, oh, and you either enjoy it or don't, but right. you have to have that experience. I've been talking a lot lately about the value of experience. We talked, uh, talked to Jeremy, Jeremy Myers, who I think you know. Oh, yeah. I know Jeremy. Yeah. This weekend. And uh, he you know, we talked the same thing because the experience is kind of a lost thing in evangelicalism. And part of the reason for that is because we have become so Bible centric, not Jesus centric. Mm-hmm. So one of the pivotal points for me in my journey was to start to realize, Hey, I read scripture and I see all of these experiences. You know, I've been asking this question for a lot of years. Why, why don't I have these experiences in my church? You know, mm-hmm. I don't see anywhere where it says they stop. In fact, right here on my desk, I've got the book Surprised by the Powerful Holy Spirit with, by Jack Deere, which I'm working through. Um, you know, and he kind of makes that case. He had, he had the same similar kind of question. Uh, but it, it doesn't, Scripture doesn't say it stops. And uh, so if the Bible is sort of a menu where this is, these are the experiences that God's people have front to back, why don't we have them? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, well, how do you, how would you, how would you answer that? Well, it's first of all, it's a, it's the right observation, Eric, to, to make to realize, huh, what, what's going on here? So I'm reading about you know 2,000 or more years ago, all these people were having all these amazing connections and experiences with the living God. Wow, isn't that great? But like you said, when do I get to do that? When do I get to experience something with the living God? Right? And the truth is, the Bible is telling you that you can, right? Jesus is telling you, my sheep hear my voice. They know me, right? Uh, the, the whole, here's the irony. The entire new covenant, the whole point of the new covenant is exactly this, what we're talking about, the experience, right? It says it in Jeremiah, and it's repeated again in the New Testament in the Hebrews. It's, re- it's like repeated again verbatim, where God says, I'm going to make a new covenant, right? And he says, no one will inquire of another person, of their neighbor, teach me about God. Why? Because you will all know me. You will all have a direct connection with the living God, right? It's Jesus' whole thing about if you follow my teachings, I will love you and, and, and my father will love you. And the father and I will come and make our home in you. And if you abide in me, I will abide in you. See, these are these amazing direct connections, which are about daily constant experiences with the divine. That's what we read in the scripture. So to answer your question, why don't we experience this? Well, because I grew up my whole life in, in church being taught to, um, to be skeptical of experience. You right. know, to be done now, hold on now. You, you, you say God spoke to you. Well, hang on a second. Or you say, you know, you had a, you had a dream about, well, hold on, hang on a minute. Look, or you think God is telling you, well, wait, wait a second, right? And so we're always taught, first of all, to, to doubt and question and uh, be skeptical of any kind of experience with God. In, in the church, this is what's crazy, within the Christian church. Um, and usually, and this is where we're going to get into some sticky parts of our conversation, I think. 
Um, usually what we're told, at least this is what I was always told is, um, this is, and this is the million dollar quote, right? The Holy Spirit will never contradict anything that's written in the scriptures. So essentially, I mean, and that sounds safe. That sounds like, oh, well, okay. If I have an experience, if I think I heard God, if I, then I just have to go to the Bible and, and, and see if I can find it validated there. And then if so, then that was a real experience. So I'm taught to, to doubt my experiences and I'm taught to basically see if what God is doing in my life now is what he was doing in somebody else's life 2,000 years ago or more. Right. Um, and, yeah. and I think that's part of the problem is that I think we are so stuck on what God was doing 2,000 years or more ago that we're, we're so fixated on that. We're, we're incapable of taking a step back and seeing what he might be saying and doing right now in our lives today. Yeah, I have this quote, and I, now that you mentioned it, maybe it does apply to scripture, but I have this quote uh, from Oswald Chambers in my email that says, uh, never make a principle out of your own experience. Leave, room, leave God room to be as original with other people as he is with you. Mm-hmm. Because he does that. And, and you can see that throughout scripture as well. Um, okay, you, so there's so much that you said there that I, I want to talk about, but one thing that you kind of, sort of uh, maybe started to introduce, but that really intrigued me because it's something that I'm starting to realize or have been realizing for a while. Uh, You say the heart of the new covenant is simply this. I will be their God and they will be my people. Right. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that never, um, I mean, that did come up obviously in my, in my education, but to define the new covenant in that way. This is God's goal. This is his desire for us. It puts everything in a different perspective. It puts everything in a new light. Um, so wh- why is that the significant and main main theme in scripture, what God wants? Um, well, I mean, because it's, I mean, golly, shouldn't we care about what the whole, the entire Bible is pointing to, Right. So, you know, we see in the beginning, in creation, God's entire purpose was, you know, that he has this, he's, he's walking with us. He, we have this incredible intimacy with him. That's what we see in the garden in the original uh, creation. That falls apart. But he, you know, even though Adam and Eve leave the garden, he goes with them. He follows them, right? He's with them all the way through. And, 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 and all of scripture is a testimony of God promising people, I will be with you, Right. Right. Um, and you see that with golly with Jacob, right? I love the story of Jacob. Jacob is as far away from God as he can get. Um, I almost, I don't think he ever really even got what was, it was all up about until maybe right before he died. But when he has that famous thing where he has the dream and there's the, the angels ascending and descending on the ladder and God speaks to him and says, Jacob, wherever you put your feet, I will go with you. I will be with you. I will, I'm never going to leave you. Um, and then Jacob wakes up from that experience and says, oh, my gosh, God was in this place. And I didn't know it. And he even builds a little altar, puts stacks up some rocks in that little spot. And then he walks away. And in Jacob's mind, God is still in that little spot where he put those rocks. Right. But what God said was, I'm going to go with you wherever you go. So, again, like we just that's how that's kind of uh, the human experience. We we don't get it. God has always wanted this deep, intimate connection with us. And unfortunately, all through Scripture, what we see are these examples of us pulling away from that direct connection. Right. So you see it with Moses um, and, and the Israelites. Right. So 
And in the beginning of that experience, as God leads them out, God is directly speaking to them out of this cloud, out of this pillar of fire. And what do the people say? They go to Moses and say, Moses, hey, could you just go talk to God somewhere else? And then you come back and tell us what he said. It's just too scary. And then even when he does and comes back and his face is glowing with the, the glory of God, they're like, oh, you know, could you just cover that up a little bit? That's a little too much. Uh, or they say they you know, or, or they have prophets, right? All the other nations have kings. Uh, and they have these prophets that speak directly. Here's what God's saying. And then they're like, you know, the prophecy thing, the prophet thing's good. But, you know, can we just have a king? We just want to like it. We don't want a king like everybody else. So, I mean, we, we're always doing that. We're always putting these layers between us and God. And God keeps wanting to get those things out of the way and draw us nearer and nearer. This is what the new covenant, the promise was all about, right? I will be your God and you will be my people and you will know me and you'll know my voice and, and I'll abide in you and you'll abide in me. This is God's heart. This is what he wants. Well, it's um, the promise. And real quick, real quick though, this is why I wrote the book because believe it or not, I think Christians today, one of the things we're putting between us and God for this little safety net is the Bible. Friends, thank you so much for listening. Again, if you want to get more, you want to hear the whole conversation, I would if I were you. We dig into a lot of really good stuff. Like we talk about the difference, why translation in your English Bible matters, why translation really is interpretation, how to interpret things like all scripture is God breathed. We talk about that. I know that that's an objection that a lot of people have to what Keith is saying. We talk about the problems with how we're trained to approach scripture and maybe how we should do that again. Um, why we're not actually disparaging the Bible and then also um, the relationship with Jesus from which we read scripture as well as just the difference between Jesus and the Bible. We started to talk about that a little bit here. We go into it quite a bit more later on. So if you want to listen to that again, go to Patreon. You can go to halfwaytherepodcast.com, click the support button in the link um, or in the menu there and you can become a supporter at just $5 a month. You can get an extra conversation um, like this, uh, which is really fascinating every single month. So I've got some great people lined up for you in the next few months as well. And uh, I would love it if you would do that, do that, support us on Patreon. It would mean a lot to me. Anyway, that's all I got. Thanks a lot for listening, friends. Keep the faith.